We we are um, as Raf mentioned last week. We did a a, a series that we have do, the finishing a series in the parables of Jesus. Uh, we have looked at uh, a number in the last few months of the last year, and we're coming to the second last uh, parable today, or parables as it is in Luke 15. This morning I've titled the service, uh, the sermon, Receiving and Rejoicing. Receiving and Rejoicing. And what has, uh, has really challenged me this week, and I hope throughout this message God uses to encourage and challenge us, is how prepared and willing are we to receive sinners? And I'll touch on that word um, a little bit later, but how willing are we to receive sinners and rejoice in the lost being found? I think the lost being found is is quite not a simple one, but it's one we can really relate to. Like, that is a joyful moment. I can joyfully chat up. Someone came to know Jesus as their saviour. Fantastic. Just as there is rejoicing in heaven, there's rejoicing in my heart. But we'll never be able to rejoice over the lost being found if we can't first welcome sinners. And we'll see that in what Jesus says this morning. It's not God's plan or God's desire that we would be exactly like who God is because there are things that are attributes of God which theologians call incommunicable. That is that they are uniquely God's and God's alone. Like he is all-knowing and he is all-powerful. He is in all places at once. These are things which are uniquely attributes, uniquely God's and his alone. But what is made available to humankind are things that we've spoken about in the last couple of weeks. The fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, self-control, patience, kindness, faithfulness. There are attributes of God like compassion and forgiveness that are made available to us through the Holy Spirit living in us. That we can, that there can be the evidence of God's love and His Spirit in us through the way that we live. And it's telling the world of who Jesus is. And I want to add to that this morning, receiving and rejoicing. Receiving the lost and rejoicing over the lost being found. Um, so if anyone, has someone thought, yeah, it's time for me to be a volunteer today? Is there anyone who wants to be a volunteer? Very simple job. Sean, fantastic. Sean, thank you. What a gentleman. Pat. Kylie. Oh, I thought you had your hand up. Come on, Uncle Tavies. I need two over here. I still have three. I think my mass is right. Still need one more. I need two here. I need like two maybe down here. Yeah, you're tall enough. Sure. 
Oh, oh, Chin. It's fantastic, Chin. Fantastic. So, uh, now don't take this the wrong way. All right. Now you look you look pretty wise, so you can be the scribe. And we've got the fact so Luke <laughs> you might need to hold them up so everyone can see. Um yeah, it's not celebrity heads, yeah, you know, you get to see what you but Luke describes these and sorry if everyone can't see, but Luke describes these uh two groups of people. But within the two groups up high. Uh, within these two groups of people are another two groups. So what we have is the, the the scribes and the Pharisees and the tax collector and the sinner. The the, the tax collector and the sinner get lumped together a lot in the in in the in the scriptures in the gospels. Uh, the, the tax collector were looked down upon in society. They were yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't have to act it out. It's not a drama, but. <laughs> But they were the they were the people who collected the the money for the Roman Empire, uh, and it was quite common that the Roman that they, the tax collectors would pocket some of the money. They'd make themselves rich, and if you were a Jewish tax collector, well, you were like really seen as a traitor. That you would collect money from the the Jews and give to the Roman. But remember Matthew, who was a tax collector, a Jewish tax collector, who God. Jesus called, come and follow me. Now the sinner is referred to um, by the Pharisees. Firstly, as a group of people that they would not mix with. Um, bad, boys. bad boys. Yeah, that's why you got it, mate. Oh, I'm so glad you put your hand up. <laughs> but the, sin- <laughs> the sinner was, firstly, you know, the, the, the Pharisees would say the 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 one who does the, you know, the, the, the big sins, the things that contradict the law so obviously, the murderers and the thieves and, and it's so obvious. But then also they would label the sinner as the one who did not keep to the standard that they kept the, the law, their strict interpretation of the hundreds of laws. And so basically they're cutting the whole, everyone, it, basically everyone who wasn't as good as them was seen as the sinner, the everyday person. And so it was lumped in together as they, they did, saw the tax collector and the sinner. Now, I, I want to get this right. Now the Pharisee, Pat, derives from the, the Aramaic word perushi, which means to separate, to separate from sin. And so that's how they saw themselves, as that holy and, and righteous. Um, Pat wants nothing to do with Sean. Because uh, over there, we're having lunch together maybe today. <laughs> we'll, we'll forget about this afterwards. The <laughs> so they separate themselves, and they see themselves as a class above. Nothing to do with the tackling the sinner. They, they, are, they, are, they are people that are earning their own righteousness before God. They are doing all these things in order to be made right before God. And so they don't recognise the message of Jesus of faith in, in, Christ, in God by his grace. The Pharisees are a lot of middle class people. Your businessmen, your, your trades people, your, your merchants. 
And when it came to, uh, to legal advice, well, they had these guys, the scribes. And the scribes were the, the legal, uh, the legal arm, I guess, of, of the Pharisees and, and this group. And, and so they would write all the documents, uh, the legal documents for marriage and for titles of land. And often the Pharisees and the scribes, they're the antagonising Jesus. And it's the scribes you'll see often antagonise Jesus about his authority because they see themselves as the, the authority of the law. By who do you have this authority? How, what authority do you speak like this to people? By what authority do you forgive sins? Round of applause for our volunteer. You can put the paper down. And this is the context of, of, of where we're at today. It is that Jesus was with a group of people. Now, as you think about the Creator, the God in flesh, perfect, sinless man has come to walk amongst his creation, where does Jesus find himself? Who is he? spending time with? Where is the hostility and the disbelief? You would think that it's the murderers. Uh, They were over here, weren't they? You would think it was the murderers, the thieves, with no, no grasp or just full contempt for anything to do with the law. But it's not. They're the ones that Jesus is with. And it's these, the the so-called righteous, the religious leaders, who are hostile towards the Saviour. And so they accuse Jesus... He receives sinners. Look at him. He receives sinners. Oh, we don't do that. We are way too good to do that. And it's a true statement. They're not lying. That word receive in the Greek, you might have the word accept or welcome in your translation, but it it is a Greek word prostekomy. It's a doing word. One of the things I remember about finishing year 12, 25 years ago, was a verb is a doing word. Haven't I done well? <laughs> is that right? Or? Oh, I thought someone said that's not right. I thought, geez, the one thing is not right. <clears throat> and so this is, we're talking about, it's a doing word that impli- implies that you are either actively seeking or expectantly waiting to welcome and accept. Actively seeking or expectantly waiting to accept or welcome. And, and, and Jesus uses those in his in these three parables. 
So he speaks these three parables one after another. And we, I spoke on the prodigal son in September last year and you can listen to that online. We're not going there today, but today we look at these first two where Jesus actively seeks. And that prodigal son, you, you see the father who expectantly awaits the lost. And Jesus, knowing that their attitude and their mindset was to attack his character. They wanted to be the people who were above everyone else and look down on Jesus who was with these sinners. Look at him, he welcomes them. We cut ourselves off from these types of people. Jesus welcomes them. And knowing their attitude, that they're looking down on him, Jesus uses this opportunity with the four types of people present and, and they're saying, well, you prostecomy this, this people, you welcome them, you accept them, you, you seek them. And Jesus is saying these three stories to say, well, this is the heart of God. And in turn, this is what motivates me and my heart and my attitude as Jesus interacts with the lost. God draws, as we heard this morning, the lost to himself. God works in amazing ways. And we are called and we are empowered. As I said, we're not called and empowered to do everything. No, we are called and empowered to receive the lost, to welcome and, ex- and, and accept people for where they're at. We are not an exclusive club here. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. Living Christ-like lives wherever we may go. As Matthew 5 puts it, we are the salt and the light of the earth. And we can't just do that by just being that together here. I've had and recognise the wonderful opportunities um, since I started this role three years ago just to be involved in a local sporting club and uh, and had, had, had some opportunities that I would not have if I did not put myself in that place. And God has given me strength at times to say no to certain things and don't get involved in certain things and don't go to certain events. Um, but there have been conversations and relationships already started um, that I would not have had with these people. But I also recognise that 20 odd years ago in a different sporting club, that was not the case. I struggled to be different. I, I failed many times. And the point is that we 
are not to give up when we recognise we have failed in our attempts and in our endeavours to live Christ-like lives, to be accepting and welcoming. Because God has a new day for us and God's purpose for us doesn't get cut out when we fail. His mercies are new every day. Great is his faithfulness. These two parables, the lost sheep and the coin, are very similar. They're a similar story. Something is lost. Something is searched out and something is found. And these four people are hearing this implied message and question from Jesus. How far does the mercy and grace of God reach? How deep is his love for the lost? Does it go as far as the murderer? Does it touch the heart of the thief? Is his grace enough for the best of the Pharisees? Or for the wisest scribe? Jesus did not come to condemn although he had much more of a right to than the Pharisees and the scribes, being God in flesh, coming in perfection. He had every right to condemn, but he came to seek and to save the lost. The shepherd leaves the 99 to look for the one. The woman sweeps the house over to uncover the coin. The time is not mentioned here. The, the cost is not considered to be a hindrance. All that matters is that the lost would be found. The Pharisees and the scribes, they knew the law, but they didn't know God. They found rules to obey, but they did not have love in their heart. They put their best on and considered themselves better than anyone else and trusted in their good deeds rather than in the amazing grace of God. They were so full of themselves they could not see their need for Jesus. They were lost but they thought they had found themselves their own way to God. And in contrast, Jesus teaches and and shows people this, the nature and the character of who God is. He reached out in kindness and love outside of the religious establishments of the day and treated people with compassion and showed empathy but, but in that, in that connection with the lost, he never shied away from telling people that they need to repent. It wasn't kindness and love and ignore sin. Actively seeking 
and expectantly waiting for the lost to be found. Yet God works in all kinds of ways. Firstly and and mostly importantly, he working in the lives of people, drawing them to himself to reveal to them who he is. His plan of salvation. Believing by faith in Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord. That that is what it takes to be made right with God. It has happened to many of us here. It has happened to some of us here in this church over many years. And we trust and pray that this church in 2024, we we trust and pray that that continues to happen. That the lost are found. That we will be a church that is welcoming and accepting. Never shying away from the truth. Preaching Jesus crucified is the only way to be made right with God. I'll just finish with a a short story about my mum and dad and my uncle, my father's brother. Um, All in Melbourne at at a certain time in the the early 70s. My mum and dad considered themselves, I guess, Christians, but they went to church on and off but they recognised later that that wasn't actually any sort of genuine faith or relationship with Jesus. My uncle also not a believer and they're in their 20s and my mum and dad took off from Melbourne uh, to move to Iowa, Davenport, uh, my father to study there. And in that time, my uncle came to know the Lord through, I won't go into the detail, but an amazing story of a neighbour. And he went to visit my mum and dad in Davenport and in that short time, they recognised something completely different. And he invited them along to this local church, Berean Baptist Church, it's called, and it still exists. And they didn't go. They said, no, we're not really into it. Busy, tired. And so he went along that Sunday, my uncle Les, and then he left back for Melbourne. The following week, my mum and dad felt a, 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 just a, a desire, a want, you know, we've got nothing to do this Sunday. Let's go to that place that Les was telling us about. We'll just go in and visit, see what it's like. Les had been that Sunday and had asked that church, who he'd never met anyone before, please pray for my brother and my sister-in-law. They don't know Jesus. And they live not far away. So you can imagine the surprise when the following Sunday my mum and dad just rock up to this church and that Sunday they stepped in and the pastor Mark Baker who is still the pastor today more than 50 about 50 years on gave a gospel message of the good news of Jesus and that day both my mum and dad 
came to know the Lord. They wrote a little postcard, to a little letter to my uncle who was back in Australia telling him the story of what's happened in the last week. And he, I'm told, was driving along in his car. Um, I guess we're not allowed to use our phones while we drive and maybe he shouldn't have been reading mail while he was driving. That's the equivalent uh, back in the 70s. But it was just started shouting out of joy <laughs> that his brother and sister-in-law had come to know the Lord in such an unbelievable way that God had drawn them to the other side of the world. And I tell you, the chiropractic degree is not the most important thing that my mum and dad went to Davenport, Iowa for. It was to find Jesus. And there was much rejoicing in my uncle's car that day. But far greater than that, there was much rejoicing in heaven. The Pharisees, no idea how to rejoice. They didn't rejoice in the lost. They looked down on the lost. They looked down on Jesus. You are too lenient. You're not cutting yourself off from these people. And the Pharisees and the scribes miss completely the truth and the wonder of the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness of God. May we never miss out on receiving a sinner because we are all sinners. May we never miss out on accepting and welcoming because we want to rejoice when the lost are found. Father in heaven, we thank you that you have a wonderful plan of salvation that does not require us to be smart or clever or to do amazing things, but through the powerful, amazing sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we have a way to be forgiven. Impress on our hearts our need for a saviour this morning. Challenge us, Father, as we go into this week to be welcoming, to be accepting, to see you work powerfully in people's lives that we may also rejoice as it is in heaven. May it be here on earth. Rejoice in the lost being found. We ask these things in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen.